Hello, welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, director of the show and of the organization, New Heights Educational Group. So today, um, I'm going to be sharing with you some um, news in the world of education. I want to kind of be sharing things that um, are happening in the public schools, things that are happening in the homeschool world. Covering if you're becoming a homeschooler or new to homeschooling or, or been homeschooling for a while, I really truly, truly guess that you join Homeschool Legal Defense or Christian Law Association. I really believe that you're going to need it because of the mass exodus of the public school. They're going to be coming. You know, after homeschoolers, especially new ones that they think that don't have support or don't know the law or that aren't very educated, and they're going to try some things. They're already trying some things. So I really suggest that you join one of those organizations. Now, we'll say partner to both and affiliate as well to Homeschool Legal Defense. Um, but I'm not saying that for a benefit to New Heights. I'm saying it's a benefit for you. And believe it, I wouldn't be saying it. We do offer some group opportunities under our organization. You can check that out on our website. You can go to join. And you don't know how to join exactly. You can just call questions. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, there's going to be a lot of different things, and they'll be bouncing around. Um, news articles and reports that I was seeing either in my email box or even other sites. I receive a lot of um, emails. Being an educational advocate and director of a nonprofit. I, I receive a lot of news that maybe some people have access to or don't know how to get access to. So this is kind of to share some of the things that are happening. Um, I'll try to list sources and your own research as well. So I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about you know what's happening in public schools. And I know there's a lot of controversy about, you know, wearing the mask, you're getting the shot, and all that. But um, my stance, well, I'm, I'm for the Constitution. And I do believe that our rights are being infringed upon. And I have always been an advocate for parents to have the main control, the main say, over their children and what happens with their children. We, we want parents to take the lead in their children's education, whether that's in the public school system, charter school, private school, whatever the case may be. We believe that the um, child's future should be directed by the parents and the child as well. So for the public schools to be calling for people, fathers to be arrested, mothers to be arrested, or um, or timing them, that it's really very aggravating for me to watch where, you know, parents are given so many minutes to talk 
and the school officials usually up on the stage and you know the the minions the people that's how they you know see them are down lower than them because you know that's how they've always seen them they may say that you know they're there for parents and parents should do more parents should say, but as soon as parents do that well guess what now they're calling the police on them so I know some people think it's a health and safety thing, but no, it is not about that. A lot of these schools are getting money for doing this. And if you don't believe me, you can look it up yourself. Um, and I, I really don't quite care. I know what I know. So um, anyways, one of the reports that we recently received from Homeschool Legal Defense is that um, prosecutor, this is an article that they actually put out and I received my email, and the, the article, prosecutor drops truancy case after being challenged to show proof, I'll just summarize, uh, Natasha and Daryl Grant have something new to be great for this fall season, homeschooling, but the joy of homeschooling has not come without challenge, including a clash with a truancy court. After participating in the public school's virtual school program all of last year, the grants decided to give homeschooling a try this fall. They notified each of their children's schools that they would not be returning in the fall when they picked up the end of the school year record. Then over the summer, they turned their attention to homeschooling. They filed a declaration of intent organized a curriculum and officially started teaching their four children in August. Everything seemed to be going great. Tasha says they were impressed with homeschooling and seeing a lot more progress than before. Despite the educational success, the grants face a challenge related to the paper work mix-up. This is happening a lot. And it had nothing to do with what the grants did or didn't do. Instead, it was caused by a glitch in the state's communication with their local district. So the grants ended up, you know, receiving a summons to go to court in October and um, a petition had been filed in their local juvenile court alleging that their children were need of government intervention based on a lack of school attendance. Think about that. This may have seemed like a routine matter to the state, but it was anything but routine for the, from the grants perspective. This petition came as a shock to the grants because the children were learning more than ever before. And as Natasha noted, the only communication she had with the school was a phone call in which she further clarified that her children were homeschooling. Daryl Grant was particularly surprised because, as he put it, they simply would not allow their children to neglect their studies. In fact, it was concern it was concern about their children's education that drove them to homeschooling. So they didn't have to face it alone. And when I say that is, if you have access to homeschool legal defense, you join them or Christian Law Association, or you have an issue then you have someone that's ready to go to bat for you if you need it. So, um, so their, their attorney, the, the Grant family's attorney contacted, prosecuting attorney, um, working through their local counsel, attorney Clay Seven, he, he contacted the prosecutor prosecuting attorney and provided the needed context for dismissal. The grants were homeschooling in compliance with Georgia law, and it was the district that had made the mistake. Still, the prosecutor was initially reluctant to just dismiss the case without the grants presenting evidence of their children's educational progress. While the grants had plenty of evidence available, we pushed back as it is the prosecutor had, who had to prove there was merit in the state's allegations that the grants children were in need of services. 
Eventually, the prosecutor agreed to dismiss the case without a hearing, which was a win for everyone. Prosecutions like this are not always malicious, but they do cause significant burdens on homeschooled families that is entirely unnecessary. Regardless of the level of hostility shown by the government actors, homeschool legal defense is ready to go to bat for homeschooling parents who are committed to providing the best educational program for their children. Okay, so that's just one. We have many more to do, <laughs> many more to kind of cover. Um, so an, another thing that they reported is, and they say trending again, districts don't know how to let go. So, so what do they mean by that? So over the past few months, the number of New York homeschool families have moved. Some within New York, others out of state, families moved for many reasons. A better situation, a job relocation, or just a change of scenery. However, a number of these families contacted Homeschool Legal Defense Administration because the moves have triggered harassment and even the occasional threat from the local school district. In one instance, a family who recently joined Homeschool Legal Defense Administration informed the Chenango Fork Central School District that they had moved out of state and would be homeschooling. They received an email from the local school principal that said, your children have not been in school, and by law, we have to move forward with outside agencies as we still don't have the necessary documentation on file. That was a quote. The necessary documentation, quote, that the school wanted was a records request from the new out-of-state school. However, for this to happen, the children would have to be enrolled in the new public school and then transferred to homeschooling. Not knowing exactly what outside agencies the school was seeking to involve, and not wanting to enroll their children in the local public school, the family contacted us for help. Us meaning homeschool legal defense. And in, in another instance, a family in the Valley Central School District received an email from a local school official who requested that the family provide her with the name of their out-of-state school district. She said that she would have to check on your enrollment there before I can exit you from our system. Second family contacted Homeschool Legal Defense for help because the state they moved to do was not state they moved to does not require homeschool families to interact with local school officials. Instead, homeschool families report to the state. Homeschool students are certainly not enrolled in the local school district. And in and yet a third instance, a member family who homeschooled for the 2021 school year and submitted all their records to the Oceanside School District moved to another state over the summer. Since they were no longer homeschooling in New York, there was no need to communicate further with Oceanside. Nevertheless, officials threatened this third family with further action if they didn't tell the district where they had moved. Think about what I just said. Once they got the threatening phone call and the family contacted Homeschool Legal Defense, and still other member families who moved from, from one New York school district to another were told they would need to tell the old district where they had moved so their children could be withdrawn or dropped. These are their words, withdrawn or dropped from that school. So in each of these situations, Homeschool Legal Defense wrote letters on behalf of these families and explained you know, about the homeschooling situations and so forth. They pointed out that New York law no longer has authority over a parent who has left the state. Like, duh, hello? When did that become a thing? 
we suggested to school officials that parents notice that the parents' notice of their move was sufficient to enable the district to stop maintaining homeschool records for their children. On digging deeper into most of these situations, it appears that most districts were trying to treat homeschool students like what? What do you think? Like public school students. When a public school student moves to another state and enrolls in the new public school, a student record request is sent to the old school district. This allows the old district to transfer all student records to the new school district and remove the student from the roster. Most states don't register a homeschool student in the public school in the same way a public school student is registered. Even in those states where you must notify your local school district of intent to homeschool your child, in New York, there's no process for a homeschool family to transfer their homeschool program between districts. So, homeschool legal defense, of course, is working um, with Homeschool New York Loving Education at Home, Leah, to address these issues on a statewide level. So, thank goodness for homeschool legal defense. And this is just a small part. I'm going to continue sharing stories, but this is just a small part of what families are facing that this stuff doesn't make it in. In the news, in the regular news. So um, that's why I'm covering it here. Okay, so uh, here's another one. False attainment of homeschool legal defense. Officials demand certified translations of mom's diploma in order to homeschool. I, I have to chuckle again. <laughs> When I read this originally, that was my first reaction because I, it's really just crazy what they're trying to get away with. So this mother was from North Carolina and she never expected state officials would try to block her from homeschooling. She just, just because she graduated from a high school in Mexico, she had moved to the US with her husband years ago to be closer to extended family. Since then her children had been attending public school, but this year, the mom decided to switch to homeschooling. She was concerned her kids were not being academically challenged and that they were being taught values that conflicted with their Christian faith. Paperwork problems. Well, she had submitted all of her required documents uh, for you know, her intent to homeschool. And remember, you don't, at least in Ohio, States have different requirements, but I mean, I'm not saying this should be universal and so forth, but you shouldn't have to ask for permission. And you don't, it, it, it's not in the law to, to ask for permission to homeschool. You're telling them your intent, you're instructing them, and you usually, like Ohio, you have to wait for a reply of them acknowledging your letter and so forth. But really, you're not waiting for permission because um, you don't need their permission. So this woman submitted hers. And however, the officials uh, at the North Carolina Division of Non-Public Education, um, DNPE, objected to her high school diploma because it was printed in Spanish. They told the mom to provide a certified translation of the diploma in English. The mom had never been asked to comply with such a request before and wondered how to proceed, so she contacted homeschool legal defense. Matters worse, the officials from the local public high school then said that unless her children returned to class, she risked going to court for guess what? Guarantee charges, right? So, homeschool legal defense staff attorney, Amy. Meyer and her assistant Jane, or excuse me, Jane, Jane or Jane White spoke with the mom. 
advising her to formally withdraw her children from public school. And um, they notified them that North Carolina law says that in order to homeschool parents need to have a valid high school diploma. And it doesn't say anything about it being in English. So happy ending though, unfortunately, the education department remained silent on the diploma issue. Um, instead, an attorney with the local public school telephoned Butch Meyer. Then a school official showed up at the family's home. The mom called Homeschool Legal Defense, and Butch Meyer remained on the phone with her throughout the meeting. But instead of escalating the situation into a legal crisis, the official suggested having the school's translators provide a copy of the mom's diploma in English. They did, and DNPE accepted the document. The mom said that she was grateful for homeschool legal defense, helping her family na navigate the bureaucracy that, that she faced so that they could focus on homeschooling. She added that she believes this flexible, personalized education option will help keep her kids engaged in an environment that's based on their tenancy and her husband values the most. So although, um, special note, although North Carolina doesn't have any specific requirements that homeschool instruction, instruction be conducted in English, it does require parents to test their children using a nationally standardized test or other national nationally standardized equivalent measurement at least once during every school year. Tests must measure achievement in areas of English grammar, reading, spelling, and mathematics. Um, Well, I did kind of want to share as well. Um, Homeschool Legal Defense has a um, podcast now as well where they're answering parents' questions, question and answers. We have question and answers on our site as well, newlifeeducation.org and on our learning annex. But um, I really love that they have started to do this. And I believe they just started to do it now. So if you go to our verbal, um, listen to our show in verbal, you'll see they're part of our playlist, excuse me, playlist as well. So I would really suggest that you take advantage of the wonderful question they do. Um, I think they're just packed with information. Okay, so here's another story. This one. Um, so, uh, uh, a mom, this is from actual KETV 7 out of Omaha, and this was published November 3rd, so, um, day is November 11th. This was just published. So, um, I, a mom, um, Millard mom started homeschooling her four kids during the pandemic because she says she's grateful this doesn't affect me. Homeschool mom, she was reacting to the closed school, grade school due to COVID-19 outbreak. And, um, <laughs> that's definitely true. I mean, the ones that are homeschooling, they don't have to abide by all these, these silly mandates and everything. And um, they get to learn the way that children should learn. And I say that because school and education are not the same thing. I said it a million times and I say it a million more. You want to learn all of those ins and outs, visit our website, click on the learning annex, and check out our recommended videos and, and learn who John Taylor Gatto is. And you can learn the real history why things are the way they are in public school and, and how bad, why things are so bad. There's a why. This just didn't happen overnight. 
It may seem like it happened overnight, but it did not. So anyways, back to the story. Um, Gretna, Nebraska, schools and sessions for the Vilburn family. But this isn't the traditional school building or classroom that students learn at home. The mother said, I went from public school to private school, and now I'm a homeschool mom. Vilburn does not have a teaching degree, but that didn't stop her from pulling her kids out of school during the pandemic. She didn't like the idea of mask mandates or social distancing. The very idea of covering them and having some strange adult tell them, stand on this square, don't touch anybody, was sad and frightening, she said. After moving to Nebraska from New York three years ago, the Valburns specifically chose Millard Public School for their six-year-old twins and seven and 12-year-old children. They attended Montclair Elementary, which had to shut down a classroom due to COVID. And they live near Black Elk Elementary, now closed for two weeks over an outbreak. And she says, wow, I'm so grateful it doesn't affect me. I'm sincerely hurt for those in public school right now, working mothers, single mothers, mothers that can't be home with their kids are scrambling. The Hilburns meet with other homeschool families for music, geography, history, and all the lessons. They even have their students work on service projects for the homeless shelter. I choose it, she said, and I don't have to have school districts of other people negotiating my life, says Crystal Young, a mother of 10. She has been homeschooling for 22 years. With homeschool, I can be done by 11 and still learn the same amount of stuff as an entire day at school. And a 12-year-old Emily said that the district's remote learning didn't work for her. Um, now, I, I kind of want to remark on that um, because a lot of what New Heights does is virtual as well. But there is a difference between the type of learning people do through the, our organization and regular distance learning. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that if they're in distance learning, chances are they're either in a charter school or a regular public school that we're forced into it because of the mandate, at least the public school part of it, okay? But those are all government lessons. They're the lessons that cause all the issues. It's the common core or the... all the things that aren't working, the, the indoctrination of the student. For New Heights, we believe, you know, education should be fun and interesting and enjoyable. And our education is nothing like these. The reason it's not learning or not working for remote learning in these atmospheres is because school didn't make sense to these students before. And then you try to put them online, try to teach them the same thing. And they were really scrambling. They didn't really know how to distance, you know, to, to learn and distance learning. The public schools didn't know how to incorporate it, like they, but they're not, but they're not willing to let go of their ways either. So you, you can't have both, you, you can't have a true education and hold on to things that are making these schools DNF failing schools, these schools that are failing, not because of the, the teacher's fault. The system comes throughout, you know, it's creation. It's it's built to indoctrinate and fail in most cases. I mean, uh, there are some schools that, you know, are, are just the furthest thing from the, the truth for it. So like home, um, like I'll give you an example on a, a college that is really making a real difference and that's Hillsdale College. And I know Sioux Falls, um, I don't know which college it is there, but I, I had a student that said, 
went there and really loved that one as well. And there's others. There are other good colleges. And there's a good school, some good schools in America. But there's more than not that are not good schools, that they're failing systems. Um, but now you can't even track, you can't even get the grades for the schools because COVID wiped all that out. But if you knew what your your school, your public school, was graded before COVID, you, you would know that they were failing because many of them were DNF. I mean, here where we were at, there was DNF kind of schools. So, um, but they still get government money. They do, you know, it's it's really ridiculous to keep throwing money after something that's not working. And everybody knows it's not working. Public schools don't work, but they don't want to hear about solutions. You know? But um, a lot of people don't. I shouldn't say not everyone. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we're going to come back to it here in a few moments. Um, Got to take a commercial break. So we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back. This is Pamela Clark again. Let me get right back into the show. So, um, everyone with you now. This is from the Burlington Free Press, published on November 8, 2021. And it says homeschooling stays as pandemic keeps shaking up Vermont families' school choices. This was written by April Barton, by the way. Okay, so um, Essex resident Katina Barnier chose to homeschool her three kids last year, teaching safety concerns and unknowns of COVID-19. This school year, the kids went back to public school. Last year's homeschooling was 100% difficult being the mom, the teacher, and working full-time, she wrote in an email. Since the pandemic began, the families have exercised more choice and how their kids will learn, sometimes from one year to the next. Trends over the last few years show a rise in homeschooling and independent independent schooling, especially in the 2020 and 2021 school year. And with many choosing remote school last year, families may be more willing to try different types of schooling a year at a time, discover what works best. So they're reporting that some trends for the Vermont educational system in the past two years. So they report, and I don't know if this is 100% true or not, um, and I really don't know the credibility of the Burlington Free Press, but Again, I'm sharing different from different sources to give you an understanding of different things people are facing. Okay, so Vermont public school enrollment shows decline. Before the pandemic, the Vermont public school enrollment was 83,309 in 2019-2020 school year. The Vermont public school enrollment has been shrinking for decades including a decline of 450 students just before the pandemic. In the school year after the pandemic hit, the student population declined by 4,381, or about 5%. This school year enrollment data isn't available yet. Even though schools started reporting their enrollment figures to the Agency of Education at the beginning of October, final numbers may not be given until January of 2022. There are some clues, however, that indicate that the school's public school enrollment numbers 
may have recovered somewhat when compared to last year. The superintendent of the Mount Hillier Rockberry Schools, Libby Bonestill, saw significantly more families choosing homeschool last year and approximately a third of her students engage in, in virtual learning. This year, her home study numbers are still higher than average, but many have come back to in-person instruction. Nearly all of last year's remote learners are back in the classroom and as online classes are no longer offered through the public school system, but some could have switched to homeschooling to continue learning remotely. <clears throat> Excuse me. She said families with greater resources were the ones who were able to choose home study or private school, and those who had students who do well academic, academically but were worried about COVID exposure were generally the ones who opted for virtual learning. The families who have turned to home study in response to COVID will most likely return to in-person school, although whether that is private or public is yet to be seen. I don't agree with that. I think that once people really understand homeschooling, I think it's gonna continue. Um, I think more and more people are gonna go to homeschooling. I really do. Um, Bones still thought virtual learning still had a way to go before it could replicate the types of experiences the schools offer. Well, geez, do we really want that? No, they're missing the point. We don't want what they're shoveling and, and, and say, here, do this. No, their system doesn't work. But we hear a lot of people that don't understand that they're reporting the news, like this person, or even people on different Know, liberal or conservative networks that are all let's get the schools reopened and I'm what I don't want that I don't wish that on our children people don't really understand what's happening or they would not say that so they they say you know relationship building conflict resolution collaboration, problem solving with others, for instance, and she believes public school enrollment will even out over time. So, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that whole last little bit that I shared there. So that's, that's, that's not what schools do. That's not what, schools aren't for building you know, good communication or, you know, positives. So, and you can disagree if you want, but again, do your research. Look up who John Taylor Gatto is, and then, you know, once you have a little bit of knowledge, hopefully it will make you understand what really is going on. Okay, so um, now there's a lot of different places trying to create like new experimental learning online, and but they don't have the years of research, the years of really working with the community. Um, on most cases, they're just trying; they're just in it to make a buck to figure out how to to curve that, get to get that the service that they think that a homeschooler needs and so forth. And um, I mean, I really believe in our organization and what we offer. And we, I've been helping families for longer than New Heights has even been in existence. Very clear, our side is believing what we learn and so forth. So I really invite you to look into that because we really are taking costs out of homeschooling, giving the power back to the parents, educating parents, educating students, giving students a world of 
classes at their fingertips, um, building community groups, groups that will interact with each other, leadership. There's so much going on. There's nothing that the homeschool community um, doesn't have that the public school has or vice versa. Homeschooling, we, they offer, the homeschool world offers everything plus uh, because only homeschooling has been growing over the years and, and you know, public school has been cutting back here and there, but um, So, so here, here's another one that's kind of interesting. interesting. So this is from Kansas City. It's, uh, it's a magazine, KansasCityMag.com. And it's an article titled, Homeschooling Boomed in the Pandemic. And boy, did it. And to be honest, I pretty much only trust the Homeschool Legal Defense's numbers and statistics on this because I've seen a lot of inconsistency, so FYI. When the coronavirus pandemic hit, Samantha Ford Alisso knew it was unlikely that she'd ever see her, send her son back to public school. Like many children, Alyssa's son, who attended elementary school, more and struggled with iPad learning during school closures, and that wasn't the only struggle. He also has an autoimmune disease, so some of you may identify with this with, if you have special needs or disabilities. Um, autoimmune disease that represents as some severe behavioral, that presents as some severe behavioral problems. And it gets really bad when he's sick, and he was always catching something at school, Alyssa said. When in-person school started up again and I saw many families actively trying to prevent masking, I knew it would be impossible to keep him healthy. healthy. Alyssa was not alone. School enrollment in Kansas has dropped by over 15,000 students since 2019. As virtual and homeschool enrollment has increased, nationwide enrollment in the public schools has dropped by more than 1.5 million students during the pandemic. Homeschool legal defense reports over two. And I trust them more than this Kansas City Magazine. Again, I don't know Kansas City Magazine history like I do homeschool legal defenses. I'm not saying about them or about any other newspapers. I'm just saying who I lean towards because I know them, okay? So Alyssa was one of many parents who says the unexpected shakeup has worked well for her family. Uh, quote from her says him being, a, being home and seeing how he healed and flourished and how he managed it as a family cemented it in our minds. As some students stay out of public school, they've turned to pandemic pods, traditional homeschooling and virtual so before the pandemic, they report that the Kansas City Public Schools, which serves much of Kansas City, Missouri, would see between 50 and 100 students enrolled in a virtual academy. During the pandemic, that number skyrocketed. Last school year, they started with 3,000 students in the program, says its coordinator, Leslie Correa. While virtual schooling has increased significantly in the past couple of years, and is beginning to level off, homeschooling is seeing a steady gain of interest. Marine Mulder, who runs a Facebook page called So You Went to Homeschool in Kansas, question mark, says she has worked with tons of families since the beginning of the pandemic. Semi-homeschooling last year under the pressure of the Zoom calls was bad enough to have Kansas, Kansians, jump ship, she says. It also gave many the confidence to work with their own children at home. About two and a half percent of households in Kansas were registered for homeschooling in late April of 2020, and that number jumped more than 10% by late September, giving Kansas the 16th highest increase of homeschooling in any state. 
Missouri wasn't far behind, jumping about 6% to almost 11. So why are so many Kansas and Missouri families turning to virtual school and homeschooling? Well, I don't have to ask, but they, they are. Many parents and guardians say they're simply fed up with how schools handled the pandemic. And now let me tell you, it's worse now. <laughs> Lots worse now. So others have had a chance to see their students schooling firsthand through Zoom and have decided to take matters into their own hands. So um, there's some other um, people talking about uh, some experiences. So, so this person had a daughter in special education program said being able to see the reality of Zoom learning while her daughter was at home dealing with um, problems that came with it made her decide to make the change. If my daughter didn't respond to the teacher, she was kicked out of class or put in the waiting room sometimes for hours. After dealing with all of that and getting nowhere, I pulled my daughter and started homeschooling. Great idea to me. I don't know about you, but it does to me. We're gonna have to take a quick commercial break again and I'll be right back. Individual courses are just ninety-five dollars each, or earn your high school diploma at any age. Well, welcome back. It's Pamela Clark again, and um. I'm going to cover um, some others as well here. Let me get off. Um, just a moment. I don't think we've done Montana yet. I, I did have a report from Montana that one I believe this article might have been in our last magazine magazine or it might be in the one in January not sure get so many articles that we want to share we try to share some on social media too but we just can't possibly share everything that we come across okay so this is from ktvh.com it is an ABC network news channel um, in Montana. Uh, the title of it, and oh, I just had the date for this article is October 28th. Um, and it was written by Marion Davidson. The title is Homeschooling in Montana Two Parents Raised the Leaving Traditional Classroom. So in Helena, some parents got a taste of homeschooling during the pandemic, but for thousands of Montana families, homeschooling is just normal everyday life. Well, Lorena Inquest lives in Boulder Valley with her husband and three boys, and she has been homeschooling for about seven years. Every, she reports that every day is a little different with three boys. The Inquest family decided to homeschool when her oldest son was getting ready to move on from preschool. Inquest said a lot of different considerations went into the decision, but the main concern was class size. My oldest was in a preschool for two years, a co-op preschool, and he did okay. But even with eight kids in the room, it, sometime, it some, was sometimes a lot. In the Helena area, Chris Power homeschools four of her seven kids. It's something she's been doing for about 10 years. You start homeschooling when your child is born, Howard said. You teach them to talk and walk, and if you're ambitious, the ABCs and how to count. One day, you're like, maybe I can teach them to add, too. 
Howard said her family makes the decision to homeschool or not to homeschool based on the child. For example, she said one of her daughters learns better in public school settings. Since three of her children are in public school, Howard's homeschool schedule follows the public school schedule for breaks and summer vacations. Enquest, on the other hand, describes her family as year-rounded, meaning baby school throughout the year. We consider all learning, Enquest said, whether we're at church, whether we're in Yellowstone, or we're just on a road trip to Yellowstone. They're learning on vacation if we make use of it. So um, the Enquest and the Howards are just two of thousands of Montana families who have chosen to homeschool their kids. According to Montana Office of Public Instruction, 9,868 kids were homeschooled during the 2021 school year. That is a 6.1 of total enrollment. Homeschooling has also grown over the past three years from 5,743 kids homeschooled during the 2018-2019 school year to 5,815 in the 2019-2020 to the nearly 10,000 in homeschool this past school year. Fire runs a homeschool group in Helena. And um, they said that they saw 25% increase this, this year in families. Okay, so I wanted to share as well, and this is a little confusing enough for local families. I have city schools, and even kind of in the midst of the pandemic, or, or sort of towards the the end of the that year of that school year, where they tried to get back online a little bit, and they said, well. You know, some families could be in public school and some families could distance learn through you know, the city schools, but for some reason they were actually not allowing all the kids in the household necessarily to be, have the distance learning. Like some of them had to be in the public school and some of them had to distance learn that were siblings living in the same house which was very aggravating for parents, for parents that like that. Um, I'm not sure if it's continuing to go on because they are you know, offering school um, you know, in person now. Trying to go back and forth on the mask and there's a, an uprising here in town about the mask and shot mandates. Here. There was another really interesting one I wanted to share as well. Uh, this is reported from Homeschool Legal Defense. And I'm chuckling again because it's just crazy. Um, two districts, not one, but two, lost up to three years of paperwork. Then what did they do? What do you think? They blamed the families. They can't be at fault, right? This came out October 27, 2021. Um, and a family in Charlotte County, Florida were told by officials they could have their homeschool program terminated unless they handed in certain documents, which the family had already submitted. The county home education officer sent to, oh, excuse me, home education office sent two letters to the family claiming that annual evaluations for both of their homeschool students were missing. Knowing that the evaluations had been submitted months ago, the family asked homeschool legal defense to reach out to the school district. This was definitely the right thing to do. When a school official states that your child will be terminated from the home education program, because of missing paperwork, that was their word, it needs to be addressed right away. Chances are that the error lies with the school officials, 
who need to correct their processing of incoming letters or emails. Now, I know that was an issue locally as well. I did have some reports of this happening, um, but they, well, the one, one family I'm thinking of in particular, one of the outer schools, not defined city schools, but one of the outer schools. And, um, and of course they were under our organization. So when they saw that, they didn't question it. So sure enough, the family sent us a copy of an email from the evaluator that had been sent to Charlotte County back in May with the evaluations for their two children. While these evaluations were not technically due until August, the family had submitted the student portfolio review early as a precaution. So under Florida law, a parent operating a home education program must provide an annual evaluation that documents their student's educational progress at a level or his or her abilities, right? So traditionally, the evaluation is submitted on or before the anniversary date of when you established or established your home education program. After reviewing these families' records, it quickly became apparent that the Charlotte County must have simply lost or overlooked the family's emailed evaluation. Unfortunately, we see several situations like this every year uh, where school officials have misplaced or lost paperwork that a homeschool parent is legally required to submit. Inevitably, these officials blame their poor record keeping on the homeschool family. Just last week, a homeschool mom and Alakusha, uh, I might be saying that wrong, I apologize, County received a call from the local home education office stating that they could not locate her son's homeschool file. And she had recently submitted her annual evaluation for the 2020 to 2021 school year. After receiving her evaluation, the school officials stated that, that they wanted her to resubmit her notice of intent so they could start a new file for her son. This parent has been homeschooling since 2017 and had faithfully been submitting her son's evaluations each year. But they lost it. They, they had lost three years of her evaluations. Thankfully, this mother had kept copies of all these evaluations, note that. So her son was not in a position where the district's actions could harm him. So obviously there's some improvements that need to be made. So public school officials are required to maintain student records, just like homeschool families are supposed to, you know, obtain or maintain some records as well. So someone can assess them at the end of the year unless they're getting standardized tests. So while the state law is not explicit on how long they must maintain these records or the department state has published guidance that a district must retain homeschool records, including the annual education evaluation required by state law at least four anniversary years after completion of the program. No homeschool family should have their home education program jeopardized by incompetence of their local school officials Maintaining your student records can prevent the district from blaming you when they lose their records. And in addition, under Florida statute 1002.22, parentheses, another two, parentheses with a C, students and their parents have the right to challenge the content of education records in order to ensure the records are not inaccurate misleading or otherwise a violation of privacy or of rights. Failure to comply with this provision of state law could entitle a parent or student to an injunction and attorney fees and court costs. 
So um, Homeschool Legal Defense is working with Florida Parent Home Educators to make sure local school districts properly maintain homeschool records. So um, there's a lot more to share. I think I'll probably end up making another video sharing some more stories kind of from the front lines. There's so much I, I hardly even got started on um, what the public school families are dealing with, but trying to keep the kids in place. Um, and I do want to cover that more thoroughly. There's so much to cover. I'm, I'm going to try to start doing it more regularly just so everybody um, you know, has the information. The main thing is that you don't feel alone, not alone. There's a lot of people in the same situation you are. And um, ICE is here for you. And um, this episode has blessed you. I did a little bit of entertainment as well. And, um, educated you. Next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.